The John Schneider Show on Wyman and Bob every Thursday until draft day with Seahawks president of football operations, John Schneider. Well, he's not here quite yet, waiting the arrival of John Schneider, Seahawks GM, president of football operations. This will be the second time he's missed his, his tremendous open. We, we, we go the painstaking route of making this tremendous open for John, and he's, he's not here for you it. You have to scold him when he gets here. You be on time, mister. I don't care what you got going on up there. I don't know what kind of business you're running around here, pal. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I don't think he's very busy these days. That's he's got nothing sure. else to do. He's up there watching Tommy Boy again. Oh, man, uh, I, I can only imagine. I mean, this is a big life change for him, really. I mean, he's still GM, but I mean, this year it's kind of shocking all the things that he had to had to do. Norm and and meanwhile you know, run, do what he normally does, which is, you know, work the free agency and, uh, and the draft and things like that. So now, yeah, yep. that was a perfect touch. NASA, whatever you just did, that <laughs> he was just perfect. turned the volume down just a little bit. Yeah. Just he's You know, John's got delicate ears, so we got to make sure it's not too loud for him. Uh, and then we'll, we'll ask him about what's going on with Gino's restructuring. And, and again, in case you're just tuning in, that was the news that they restructured Gino's contract, converting his $9.6 million roster bonus into a signing bonus. So same money. It's just called something different, but in turn, it creates $4.8 million worth of uh, salary cap room for 2024. I was thinking about what Andrew Brandt said, and I don't remember exactly how he phrased it, but he basically said, you know, you want to not get in trouble, right? You don't want to be to the point where it's like, okay, we don't have any space. I mean, you should have figured that out a long time ago, and I think that's that's kind of what, what the Seahawks have done. They've I always mention the story about Richard Sherman and how Pete, what his response was, but this was, you know, years ago. And I remember they were talking about Richard Sherman's, um, you know, contract being up and how good he was and all that. And, you know, and Pete said, well, we've been looking at this for like two or three years now. Yeah. Because this is not something that's going to, you know, surprise us. It's going to be something that, you know, we've been looking at for a really long time. What's interesting about this move, though, is according to the story, um, his his cap hit this season drops from thirty one point two to twenty six point four million. So it drops there. Problem is, is in twenty twenty five, his cap hit escalates to thirty eight point five million. So it feels like in twenty five, you got a tough decision to make there. I don't I don't know if they can what the rules are. Can they do that again? Can they keep? kicking the can down the road, so to speak, or he's only going to have one year left on the deal, so it's not like we can push this into the next year because right. there is no next year. So it, it kind of makes 2025 a very interesting year. Well, and, and you know, look, they're going to have a plan that's in process, right? It's like yeah. they may draft somebody this year that, you know, maybe is a, a late-round draft choice, but this is the guy that uh, that we're going to uh, – hey, buddy, how we doing? Um, the, this is the guy that we're going to develop and, you know, make sure that uh, we have an option when that time comes. Yeah, let's let's get them all situated here. We, we were just I was just telling Dave, this is two weeks in a row. We got this tremendous open made for for John, you know, just just shining the light on your greatness. And you, you've missed it both times, man. Greatness. What are you busy? <laughs> you guys are messing with me right now. You got no. something going on? No, what are you good. What are you up to? It's all good. You'd be here on I time. I showered for you guys. We, we, well, oh, I appreciate yeah. that very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's just uh, the Open is a big celebration of you oh. is what it is. Okay, so, I'll have to go back and listen. Yeah, so you'll you'll get it next week. But uh, we were just talking about the news that just, just came in that you guys restructured Geno Smith's contract. Yeah. And it, it's 
for guys like us on the outside, yeah, no. we're looking at it going, okay, it was called a signing bonus or it was a roster bonus, but now they're calling it a signing bonus. Yeah. He gets the same money, but now you've all of a sudden got almost $5 million more in cap space. Yeah, it's this huge negotiation we go through. No, it's, a, <laughs> it's actually part of the negotiation when, when we do these deals, and it's just a, it's a trigger that's in there. It's a roster bonus that's converted to signing bonus. So a roster bonus is just a cap uh, like for cap purposes. You could take a roster bonus, can, we can, and there's language in the contract, we convert it to a signing bonus, and then it's spread out over the duration of the contract. So that creates more capital for us. But, but the player so gets we, the same we, amount of money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at that it's stuff. It's just a signing bonus instead of a roster bonus. It's just. You're just yeah. calling it something different. You're calling it something right. different. That's why I say it's a huge negotiation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when people are kind of like, yeah, well, you know, you know, we can, you know, we did this, you know, big. You know, negotiation convert roster bonus to signing bonus. You know, Matt Thomas does a really nice job of working that in as an option for us throughout the process so that at any given time, if we feel the need, we can move that into signing bonus and, and, and create more capital. Yeah, and he, tremendous help, right? I mean, that's like you would never, uh, you wouldn't do your own taxes, right, if you're a pro football team. <laughs> you wouldn't do your own salary cap. And do you, do you ever hear people talking about and seeing, you know, oh, they have this much space and you just shake your head like they have no idea what they're talking about. Is that typically? Uh, I feel like it's the most sir, yeah, misunderstood. Yeah, no, yeah, it is very, very much so because, you know, there's a lot of things that are that in these contracts where, you know, there's, there's escalators, there's incentives, you know, performance-based incentives, there's, there's roster bonuses that you have to budget for and you have to account for, you know, so we can be compliant. But, you know, there's also, you know, they might hit not, not hit their, their incentives. They might hit may not get all their uh, per-game roster bonuses or, um, yeah, there's just different things, uh, you know, throughout the way. There's there's budgeted items that people just don't necessarily see. How many uh, practice squad guys are we going to elevate? Last year we budgeted for two every game because the previous season we had we used them all every week. So, you know, we had gone a little bit over that year. So it's like, okay, we got to be uh, more up to speed on uh, – you know, what, what we can do for the coaches and giving them the flexibility if they decide to have two practice squad guys up. So there's a lot of stuff that you have to just constantly be providing yourself uh, answers throughout the the, the, uh, uh, the season, and, and those are set up in the offseason when you do the deals. We, we're, we were looking at the salary cap and looking at different guys, what their their dead cap hits are, who makes the most money. It's, yeah. It was Gino, it's Tyler, it's DK, it's Quandre, it's Jamal. They, they seem like the... The, the biggest earners, if you will, and the most likely targets if you were going to ask somebody to restructure. Hey, we've got to move your money around, and now we're going to call it this so you, that you can create more room. Sure. Is that how, – how's the pecking order go? How, yeah, and, how we, do you, and we do well, that – I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Well, I'm just saying you started with Gino. Gino's the first one. I would sure. imagine he's not going to be the last. So how do you – do you yeah. guys have a – like, all right, we're going to start with Gino, then we're going to talk to Tyler, then we'll talk to this guy, then we'll talk – do you do yeah, it that way? Yeah, based on or? the player and where they are in their contract and how we how we set up the contract uh, initially. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> right. it, no, it's just kind of – it's basically how, you know, it's based on the player, where they are in their contract, and, and how we how we set up that contract – each contract contract-specific contract to that player all right so uh, you're finishing up your your staff uh one yeah. guy recognized kennedy pola played college yeah. football against him yeah cool uh, but tell us how that process has gone and yeah we're you... getting we're, we're getting done we're talking about wearing name tags upstairs you know i was talking <laughs> to our new assist, uh, assistant uh offensive line coach yesterday and he played safety in college so i'm getting names kind of confused a little bit you know and <laughs> You know, I thought he was a safety, our new safety coach, Jeff. So I was like, Jeff, you know, and we, you know, so we 
He had that <laughs> got that cleared awkward up. Awkward moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I was telling Mike, I'm like, we're gonna have to wear name tags here for a couple of days, you know, yeah. and get used to everything. But no, we, uh, you know, he, he's finishing up his staff. It's a really cool uh, mix of, of uh, you know, brain power, creativeness, uh, youth, uh, experience. Uh, you know, with Kennedy and, and and you know, obviously, obviously Leslie Frazier, and uh, it's a it's a it's cool. It's it's a it's it's exciting. You know, it's different different ideas and different um, philosophies all mixed together. So everybody's coming together. They're now they're getting to a point where it's going to be all ball now. So, you know, they're just, they're just focusing on, focused on implementing their systems. So they're not going to be going down to the um, combine next week. They're all going to be here just, you know, 24 seven installing everything they need to get installed. Cause it's basically a race till April 8th when the players come in and, you know, you know, Mike had coached in the, in the you know, AFC championship game. So, there's a little bit of a feeling that you know behind the eight ball a little bit, so getting caught up, and um, but still staying true to his hiring process and, and the group that's come in. So um, just mixing all those people together. But yeah, it's a, it's exciting. But yes, we do need name tags. Yeah. <laughs> when when you get ready for the combine, do you go down with a list of players in mind? Like I want to see this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, or you position groups, or how do? You, how, how do you attack the combine? What's your what's your do you have a priority list? Yeah, there's specific guys that I was able to scout in the fall, and then there's guys we just got done with our meetings, our college meetings. So the guys were here for about ten days, and uh, we were able to finish up last night and, and get this get the the area guys, the scouts back home, so they have time with their families before we spend. You know, we get into next week at the combine. Uh, you know, for me personally, it's it's the guys that we covered in those meetings that I don't have a very good feel for yet that I did wasn't able to study in the fall so taking all my notes through the process and then knowing who i want to focus on based on what we haven't covered yet and not necessarily getting into needs but the the, the combine is such a you know it's not just the the college part right the first couple of days i'm there is is we're there is i'm involved with a lot of like league meeting stuff uh you know uh just different committees that i'm on and then league stuff uh competition committee stuff uh, then we, you know, we're spending a lot of time with, you know, our own players, agents, and we basically meet with every agency and, you know, I try to get with every team and figure out where they are. It's like this huge landscape uh, as we, as we turn the corner and get ready for, uh, you know, the start of free agency that, that following uh, weekend. Seems like that's a lot of work. What a drag. I mean, I, I thought that it was there to go and have fun. Isn't it the, yeah, like the, no, the Catalina wine mixer, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not that we don't have fun, you know, we, we're yeah. up. We're up pretty late, and you but, know, it's it's, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. I always think of the combine of like that's where you make a lot of these connections. Like you know, you were saying how you and Mike McDonald know a lot of the same people. Sure, I feel like that's that's where a lot of that gets done. And I'm and even the story like Trent Kirchner, yeah, standing outside handing people his his resume yeah. and you know getting a start. I think you were Borrow, borrowing Mark Tressman's uh, pass. Mark Tressman gave him his pass to get in the. RCA dome at the time to come and, and find me, and I was like, I'm never, I'm never hiring this stalker. Yeah, <laughs> this guy came and said, "Are you job?" Like, yeah, you know, like twenty years, twenty years later, or whatever, eighteen years later, or something. So. But that's where those kind of connections, absolutely, yeah, are made, right? Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, you know, in, introducing people to younger coaches or guys that are coaching in Division three or Division two that are, you know, looking to get in and and, and make those connections or. Uh, a lot of you know college students, uh, younger people that you know want to have a opportunity in this industry, and you know just trying to like the one-offs, like you know kind of grab you in the halls, and you know you have conversations with them and stuff like that. So it's it's a 
it's 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 I, I love to take you guys sometime. It's a wild it's a wild ride, you know. Wow. It's a long week, it really is. It's we'd it's, like to go with it, you. It's sometime. probably you should yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. It'd be fun for you guys to sit in in the interview pro oh, in the interview man. meetings if we, it's fifteen minutes of like I think Bob would ask too many questions. I, I'd shut up. I swear. Yeah. We we've we've talked about that a million times. Like, wouldn't it be fun just to sit in the back of the room when they're doing the draft just to hear the back and forth or the yeah. interviews with the coaches or interviews with players yeah. just to watch because we all you know, we from the outside speculate this is probably how it goes down. Yeah. Just to see how close we are. Our guys do a great job with the interviews, you know, yeah. uh Matt Barry and Aaron uh, Heinlein and Trent and those guys those guys do a great job with the because we record all of them, right? And so, you know, you're you're we're constantly going back and, and, and looking at the ones that we do in the room and there's there's a canned one that, that uh Mo Kelly actually does that for the National Football League. So they just ask all the standard questions and so you can kinda of compare those and then we compare those interviews with the the uh uh the laptop interviews we do at the all star games with guys and then the Zoom interviews that the coaches will do in the spring and so yeah. It'll be fun for the coaches to get caught up on the personnel side as they get as they you know get get all their football stuff done first so you got your coaches done you you're coaches you're done. prepped and ready for for indy to go to the the combine then you've got two other big things which is nfl uh free agency period of time mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, the draft but what's uh, what's sort of your your preparation are you back to to because you had so much more on your plate this year are yeah, you back? yeah we're getting there yeah I, I feel like we're getting there where you know feeling like after getting through the college meetings feeling like we're getting a little bit more caught up on uh, uh, you know the, the guys did a great job again uh, Trent and Matt Berry and Aaron in those meetings you know just we, we we really streamlined it we moved we moved at a good pace. You know, I was thinking like I felt so far far behind that we would go slower, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I know what I have to study yet to get caught up. <laughs> yeah. So that they did a good job of of, of helping us through that. Uh, but yeah, just you know, getting ready for, you know, to go down there and to the combine and and, and listen and and uh, and learn as much as we can and communicate with as many people as we can. And then, you know, we have a plan. You know, uh, our personnel staff, the organization, what. What we what we're looking at, what our team look looks like uh, personnel wise, and and how we move into the future here, how we come around this corner in the 2024 season, but you know we we still have to you know get the coaches you know onboarded and uh, established here and have them you know get their input on 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 where where we're headed and make sure we're all on the same page. So you know I, I view that process happening you know after we get a lot of answers at the at the combine in terms of meeting with you know, all their teams and all the other, you know, agents for, um, you know, all unrestricted guys and, you know, obviously our own unrestricted guys. Dave and I were talking about that, kind of going through the list of, well, this guy's a free agent, this guy's a free agent, you know, just a big long list. Yeah. And we're like, well, who do you have to have back? Who do you feel like you can part with? And he was, he made the very obvious point. Well, you, you got to field a team. So you need some of these guys back, but do you let them know at the end of the season or the reps know like, Hey, we want so-and-so back. Because they're gonna, I'm sure, go. Yeah, test I have individual meetings with all the unrestricted guys when yeah. they leave. I meet with with every one of them and tell them like what it's gonna look like. You know, uh, this this year was obviously a little different because I met with all of them on Monday and then we went through the the situation with Pete on, you know, like Monday afternoon and Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but yeah, they all know, you know, where they stand. Obviously, you know, everybody wants to know have answers and, and we just can't give everybody answers right now because you know we're working through a process of you know again a, a new staff new systems uh and then understanding what what the league's going to look like here 
Uh, and again, we always feel like we have a better feel for what's going on when, when once we get through the, the, the combine week. How would you portray your relationships with, with the agents? That I, And I, I'm sure, like, I had Marvin Demoff, who I feel like everybody loved him. And I think the reason was is because, like, the GM. Until he kicked your ass, yeah. Then, yeah, well, I mean, but he knew what he was doing, <laughs> and he, he wasn't asking for ever anything that was too ridiculous, theoretically. Not in your uh, mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I mean, as far as those relate, that's a lot of different relationships that you have to have with those people. How, how is your, um, how you treat them? How has that developed over the years? Have you, you come know, to appreciate them or? Yeah. You know, honestly, I, I was really, really blessed to, when I started out working with Ted Thompson and, and Ron Wolf and, and, and they really kind of like gave me the keys to run with that stuff because they were so into uh, going out on the road and, and going to the, to the, to, you know, do the school calls and, uh, uh, you know, not necessarily being all in on like, you know, uh, setting up workouts and setting up free agent visits and all that kind of stuff. So at a very young age, I was, you know, able to meet, you know, and talk to those gentlemen on, on the phone. And I mean, they didn't have to know, <laughs> they didn't have to know I was like a 22 year old punk, right? Like, they, <laughs> you know, and, and so I, I established relationships with those guys over the years. But I think just that, like, you know, as clear and concise and honest as you could possibly be with people, like anything you're doing, then you're going to have, you know, a, a good relationship and, you know, there's times that obviously you have to understand the different personalities and how somebody's coming at you and, and whether that's a, a negotiation or they're setting up their player for a, they're trying to get answers for their players, um, you know, and, and that's their job. You just have to understand what, 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 you know, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and understand as that's their job to do. What's well, right? Marvin was like, you know, he's like the got one of the Godfathers, right? I mean, mm. amazing. You know, every time I talked to him on the phone, I would get nervous because we like, oh, I'm gonna do something wrong. My boss is gonna be mad at me. You know, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give away a hundred thousand dollars or something. You know, yeah. I don't know, but you know, I mean, I was, uh, you know, and then like Tom Condon and and uh, you know uh, Jimmy Sexton represented uh, uh, Reggie White, and so I was just able to like establish relationships with the guys over the years, and then. And then you you understand also when when um, guys truly are looking out for their players, but they also understand that you're doing what's best for the organization that you're trying to you're trying to build like a, a world class organization, you're trying to build world class rosters, and it's not just about they understand that you're not just all about just rewarding their their player. They understand that the, the good ones understand that you have to try to reward as many people as you possibly can while you know creating a, a championship team. And not just, you know, it's not just all about their player. Now, the guys that don't understand that are the guys where, you you know, you, you, you run into tough negotiations, tough conversations. Yeah. How, how tough is it when you, and I'm, I'm guessing you've had to do this in the past, go to, you talked about Gino's contract as one that had it already written in. So it wasn't really a big right. negotiation. But I assume you have to go up to those players at some point and go, hey, your cap hit is this. We're in this position. We're going to have to make an adjustment. We're going to restructure. How tough is that conversation? Yeah. Maybe they're getting less. Or yeah, they, maybe they have to earn it as a as some incentive now or something like that. Yeah, reworking is different than, you know, just deciding, right? So, uh, you know, there was a couple. I mean, our first ones were really like, you know, the tough the tough ones were really, uh, I think TJ Hushmanzada was one right away. That was really tough because we didn't know him very well. We had a lot of respect for the player. Uh, you know, obviously Chris Clemens and Red Bryant, those really hurt. That was really hard. Hmm. Uh, and then there, there's, you know, along the way, you know, you just keep going to them. Sure. I mean, you know, there's, 
there's a whole bunch of them. It's never, ever, ever easy. It's like the, it's, it, yeah, everybody's like, well, it's business. Yeah, it is business. But the way we treat people here, it, it's, uh, it becomes personal and it's, it's, it's hard to just push through that or brush it off as just business. It was the guy you yelled at, and then uh, Ben had to scold you for inappropriate behavior. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't it's mention It's funny you name. say that. Yeah, we can't. Your, your language yeah. is completely inappropriate, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because he's, he's coming down here to, to say hi to a couple of people that's at right now. So Ben? Yeah, he might be, on, nice. he might be listening right now. So, yeah. That's that's awesome. Hi, yeah. Ben. Your, your language is completely inappropriate, Dad. What, what about <laughs> dealing with a player that, who they're their own agent? That's I mean, I know Bobby was his own yeah, agent. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, we're the uh, model for that, I guess, you know. Uh, do you dread that? Russ Lokun, uh Sherm, Bobby. Yeah, there's those are those are never fun. I mean, it's hard enough to have the conversation with an agent, right? Right. You know, and then to you know, be talking to somebody directly and, and every we all have we've all been to negotiations. We all know how, what what our value feels like and then yeah. somebody tells you it's not you get the you get, yeah, you get that first offer, you're like, Wait a second, I thought we were in the trust tree. Yeah. I thought we, I thought we, you know, we we're gonna go have a good dinner. I thought we all liked each this. other a lot. Well, yeah. we do to a point. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean that, that's never. Yeah, that's that that's 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 not. That's, but is that becoming more fun. prevalent? More players are representing themselves these days. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I I don't. I don't know that. I know guys that you know, like, you know, Bobby's. You know, those guys want and, and Richard. Those guys, you know strong businessmen they wanted to do their own thing i get it you know um they had been through um i'm not sure you know uh how many agents uh richard had or or i think bobby may have had I, i'm not sure i, I can't remember yeah. but it's just yeah it just makes it you know the thing with the thing with richard was that i had had a relationship with him over the years we had had, had tons of those like direct conversations you know and so uh you know, it was it was it was it was just kind of I won't say easier, but you know, it was like I get it. We could we can have those kind of conversations. Yeah, that I was always told you don't want to be in those negotiations. Now I know you have you probably tone it down a little bit when you're talking directly to the player, <laughs> yeah. of course, right? But yeah. I don't know. I, I felt like a lot of that was done because of uh, their pride that they want everybody to know. Hey, I'm also a sure. businessman. I'm not just a football player. Right. Some exactly. of that. No, no, totally. And I, yeah. and, I and I get that. But to your point about the the agents, I mean, you, just like the agents have to, you know, study the organizations how different organizations work. We we have to study the the agent and understand where he's coming from. And we had a we had a, you know, we had a guy that you know, famous player that you know, several years like just first couple of years we were here was like, yeah, you know, such such team's gonna pay him, you know, like six more million dollars than than we were you know, budgeted for or willing to go to based on the rest of the team. And I was like, oh, and I, and I knew that this specific agent, you know, could, you know, would over the years could BS you a little bit, right? So <laughs> he's going to start here and then come come to you here, right? And so I was like, oh, man, congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> Good for him. Holy cow. And then, you know, then we kind of circled back to some of his other clients in the meeting. And then and he's like, well, getting back to player A, uh <laughs> You're just gonna let him, let him go walk. to that other team, and I was like, "Well, we can't get close to that." I'm happy for him if he's gonna make that kind of money for him and yeah. his family, I and mean, that's that's big. That's generational wealth. I Tell get him it. I said, "Good job." Yeah, I get it. You know, <laughs> so you have to have like those different strategies yeah. with people, and and knowing that you know, some guys are just gonna shoot for the moon, and then you just know it's gonna be a you know a process, and it's gonna be time, and you just gotta work through it.
When I went to Denver, uh, Tom Flores, uh, he saw what they, you know, what they were going to pay me. And he's like, I think that's a lot of money for David. <laughs> that makes you feel good. That wasn't that wasn't yeah. really uh, wasn't really a compliment. Yeah. He didn't mean he didn't mean to stick it to me. No. It was just, but, hey, yeah. but and having coaches involved is always like that. That that always gets really awkward too. Yeah. So it's good to have that clear delineation. But before we let you go, do you do you have a a date in mind? Like we have to have we have to be at this number salary cap wise by this date. Like, is it before the draft? Is it at the, by the end of the combine? Do you have a target at all financially and date wise? Yeah, I think we, once we come around the corner, like I'd say, you know, as we get towards camp, when, when you know, when you, if, if you, if you still have, if we still have uh, budgeted cash available to still like extend some guys and we feel like we've addressed uh, specific needs uh, in, in you know in, in free agency and or the draft or feel good about certain positions with it from a depth standpoint that we can still try to extend guys that you know may have just one year left on their contract uh, that's kind of when you feel like okay you, you start feeling like okay we want to be able in this area um, but yeah not like not pre-draft no that's that's it's that's that's way too early uh, it's, it's more about like okay uh, vision and and what when I say coming around the corner, it's like, what's we're coming into the season, you know, have we addressed? Because what happens where you get into trouble with free agency is when you, you, know, you, you see certain deficiencies in your team and you just go out and you're like, okay, we got to fix this and we have to fix that. And then you end up, um, you can end up putting yourself in a bad spot from a salary cap standpoint, because you're, you're, you're trying to, uh, like balance your team and, and, and you can, you can, you can uh, like overpay to a certain extent at that time mm-hmm. instead of being patient and just waiting to see, you know, who may pop out from another team as a cap casualty guy, or, um, you know, maybe somebody's available in a trade because now another team signs somebody else. Just having that, that flexibility, sorry, wrapping back to that point to coming around in the corner when the June 1st guys come around or the middle of July when, you know, you're like, okay, where are we? You know, can we still – are there still guys out there in free agency that we, we want to add and or are there guys that we can extend on our team? Gotcha. Somebody asked if you're out in your backyard uh, watering the guard tree. You know, you would say that oh, – I'll just go pick yeah. one off the, the guard tree. The offensive line tree. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, that one growing them there. That's great. <laughs> I thought watering. you guys were going to Arizona. Aren't you doing the baseball thing? We're going in a couple weeks. A couple weeks, yeah. Nice. March 11th will be so there. Yeah. You should come with we'll us. We'll have to call you. Yeah, come on down. It'll be fa- fabulous. Come, we, come hang out with we'll us. You don't have anything to do. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you, man. Yeah, awesome. We'll, we'll talk again next week. Sounds great. We'll be at the Indy Combine, and we'll be, yeah, we'll be talking from the Combine. Love it. Cool. And you guys should come sometime. It'll be great. That would, right. We be would love times. to. There you go. Awesome. Pres- President of Football Operations and General Manager John Schneider with us on the John Schneider Show. Uh, we'll come back, talk about what we just heard. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Our thanks to John Schneider, GM of your Seattle Seahawks, president of football operations, who just joined us here as we are live at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. If you guys missed that conversation, you just tuned in, it will be available on the podcast page after the show at seattlesports.com. And I assume the video will be up on YouTube as well at the uh, Seattle Sports uh, channel on, on YouTube. So check it out there. Um, good stuff from John. He's, I, I love talking to that guy. We could We could... I, it's really cool that he offered to bring us to the combine. 
We, <laughs> we, we should take him up on that. I'm not, I'm not sure if he was. I took him seriously, Dave. Okay. <laughs> I think he was being genuine. I knew you were joking, John, but Bob I, took it seriously. And I think you're going to have to follow through because he believes in you. Uh, but, yeah, that would. how cool would that be just to hang out and just, just listen? Just yeah. listen to all the conversations and the interviews and all that. That would be amazing. What do you think he would have said? If we would have asked him, so is your focus on offense or defense? <laughs> he would have said yes. Exactly. Yeah, he's not. He's not, what? Do we, I haven't checked the text. Are they, are we being ripped for not asking who they're offensive or defensive minded? <laughs> focus. Are they going to draft? Who are they going to draft? Great. Know? Now I don't know if the Seahawks are focused on offense or defense, which means they're going to suck. The answer is yes. <laughs> It'll be both. They're going to address both sides of the ball. I will promise you that. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, the the news was that they, you know, the it was already written in, as he stated, already written into Geno's contract that they could, you know, pull the trigger on this if they needed to. So and, he and they did. He knew it was so coming. He was joking about yeah, real tough negotiation. It was mm-hmm. it was them deciding yeah, we're going to do this. And right. if you're Geno, you're like yeah, okay, I'm still getting the exact <laughs> the exact uh, number that I signed for, but it it just is called something different now. You know, so that, that's always an interesting part of this whole salary cap shenanigans that go on. And then his the final year number feels like it becomes a little untenable. So that that next year will be the year where you're going, OK, what are they going to do? Because that's a thirty five million dollar cap number attached to him. I, I can't, you know, things like that. I always think about, like, what do I not know? You know, and uh, that I think that was from my education. I was left with, like, more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. I have the the feeling that it's tremendously complicated and that if you understand the salary cap better than most teams i think you're going to you're going to be so so much better as far as well and especially just balancing the budget and things like that but i, I it doesn't sound like anything's a surprise to them. And I think that they collectively, and you can tell from John, like John's job is to pick talent, right? Mm-hmm. But you can under, you can tell that he has a very strong understanding and grasp on all of the rules of, right. the, of the code, of the, the salary cap. So I, I just think, and I'm sure every year there's addendums that get written in because there's new situations that pop up and things like that. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of guys and millions and millions of dollars and all of this code to make it fair so everybody's on the same track. And I, I can imagine that like you would have to constantly be looking for updates and, you know, trying to find different little ways to work around. And I, I don't know how many times they must have made new rules because somebody tried to do this or that. Mm-hmm. I just think that that, you know, I, you always say like with football, like it's not rocket science. I feel like that's rocket science. The, the salary cap? The salary yeah, cap yeah, thing. Yeah, without question. And that's, you know, and he also talked about he's not going to tell us that, that Tyler's next and Jamal's next. He kind of joked about that. Like he's not going to tell us anything. Of course not. But some of those situations don't have that written into their contract. And he said it depends on where they're at in their contract and having to have those tough conversations where you're asking a veteran to potentially take a pay cut. You know, he he talked about having to do it with different players before, and it's it's not fun. You know, it's not not a fun conversation. He he brought up uh, T.J. Hushmanzada. He brought up Red Bryant and Chris Clemens that he's apparently had those conversations with in the past where, hey, this is where we're at. You're making X amount. We can't. That's untenable. We- uh, yeah, I like his response to the one. I don't know if it was for Richard Sherman or somebody where he was like, oh, wow, you got that? Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. man. Go get him. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine the agents are like, oh, wait, what? 
Yeah, yeah, that's... By the way, for you and I, Bob, the 206 says, you just got a personal invite from John Schneider to attend the Combine. Book the flight, man. What are you waiting for? Hang with JS at the NFL Combine is Radio Gold. Book it, mates. I'm with whoever that is. I, I'm, a, I'm, in agreement. <laughs> I'm in agreement with that texter. I, I took him seriously, and I think our uh, management should take heed. We, we're going to go to the Combine next year. Yeah. How about that? We're going to reveal all the secrets, too. Yeah, we'll be sitting there with a live mic just broadcasting every interview. Yeah. It'll go well. All right, coming up, one uh, Major League Baseball owner has angered his city, and we're not talking about Oakland for once. We're going to hear about that when we sweep the dial. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports on 710. Scanning the airwaves for the most interesting and entertaining stories of the day. Sweeping the dial. Every afternoon at 445 with Wyman and Bob. Former Huskies wide receiver Roma Dunze was on with, I guess you'd call it Goldie and Brock this morning. Salt was off and maybe that's why Rome came on. But uh, yeah, Roma Dunze gave his endorsement for Ryan Grubb as the Seahawks offensive coordinator. I would say y'all are getting uh, a dog. <laughs> and I know a lot of people, you know, describe a player as that, and, you know, with the mindset mentality. But to me, that's exactly what Grubb is, man. Um, you know, Grubb's the type of guy, he, he he's out preparing, you know, everybody you know, to, to the fullest, you know, out preparing everybody, each and everybody, each and everyone, each week, you know, his opponents, making sure that he's leaving no detail behind. Nice to hear that from uh, Roma Dunze. Rome, sounds good. I bet you he's going to do well in the uh, in all the interviews and stuff. He's a, he's a great kid. Everything you hear from him, really good. But, yeah, I mean, Ryan Grubb was such a unknown, really. I mean, I know the people that were really into the Huskies were pretty, you know, they knew what he was about, yeah. offensive and de- defensively. But I love that he was a uh, that he was a offensive line coach, quarterback coach, running back coach. I mean, he pretty much just coached every position. Yeah, I mean, the more people that are excited about him, the more excited I'll be. I, I like it. I'm just curious about that jump from college to the pro pro level at that spot. We've talked about typically the latter is a position coach and, you know, working your way up, but he jumps right into it. And listen, he may end up being one of the, you know, one of the offensive geniuses in the league. All of a sudden, he's going to be a head coaching candidate oh, you know, gosh, in yeah. a couple of years. He'll be another one of the young guys that everybody's hot on. So I and I hope that's the case, because that's going to mean he's he's catching everybody's attention with what he's doing here with the Seahawks. Why do you want him to leave? I don't, but I would like to have that <laughs> level of uh, why do you hate him? That level of interest in him because of how well he's doing. Here. Well, and I, and I do think it's going to be a huge boost for him or I guess a, a boon for him because he's going to get to spend so much time with these guys, you know, and that was the difference between college and pro that you get these guys i mean that this is what they do for a living there's no class there's no any of the other stuff that goes on at the college level sweeping the dial it was a pretty insightful interview actually from ty france when he spoke to the media yesterday we heard about the swing changes he made at driveline well he went even further on that kind of broke down the fundamentals including his a tangible measure for how much his bat speed increased you do it right you should I mean, hit the ball hard. And that was one of the big things we worked on was not only just the sequencing stuff, but, um, you know, the adding uh, bat speed. Um, I added probably close to three and a half miles an hour bat speed throughout the throughout the offseason. So um, that was another important thing that we wanted to, to do. And um, most of it was just by cleaning up my mechanics. I was able to add more bat speed. So, um, you know, if, if everything is done correctly, the swing swing is done properly, my, my barrel's in the, uh, the zone a lot longer, and 
know, it should, it just gives me more room for air. It's amazing what they can measure. You measure your, you, you know, this many miles an hour faster than last year. I mean, just down to the, how many, how many rotations on a baseball they're measuring. They, it's just, it's the, the technology that exists today is just out of this world and the ability to help players. You, you always wonder if there's going to be, you know, what do, what do they call that? Paralysis by overanalysis. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can suffer that. Maybe for some guys, it could be too much information and too much worrying about my launch angle and worrying about this, that, and just go up there and hit the ball. Go up there and do what you learned how to do as a little kid to some extent. Uh, but, yeah, for him, if he if it if it works with his mind, his body looks like he's in shape. Uh, to me, I'm more concerned with between the years, how he's feeling, that level of confidence and, and certainty. That's that's what matters. Yeah, twelve home runs last year, as you pointed out earlier, 158 games that he played in. But um, yeah, I'm curious if that'll that'll translate to power. Uh, it totally makes sense to me. Um, you know, as far as just being able to measure things, and but you know, you also have to take into account like everybody has their own different you know just like uh, the approach at the plate or you know the the setup or yeah. the way a guy stands i mean everybody's different right mm-hmm. but it's the basic things it sounds like is what they're working on and getting that gat, bat speed i mean that's one thing he hasn't really been known for is, uh, is hitting for power sweeping the dial well white Sox owner jerry reinsdorf wants one billion not millions but he wants one billion in public funds for a new stadium and fox 32 in chicago outlined how the reaction to that's going some lawmakers are 100 percent opposed to the idea of tax dollars being used for reinsdorf stadium state rep kelly cassidy wrote on x billionaire businessman doesn't like the last stadium we built for him and wants us to pay for a new one couldn't even bother with the usual not quite a billion demand and just going full dr evil not a penny read the room jerry governor pritzker has no plans to meet reinsdorf in springfield pritzker called the conceptual renderings of the new white sox stadium beautiful but he's not excited about allocating public funds for a new white sox ballpark I saw, I saw this last night, and I'm like, wait a minute, Reinsdorf, who's a, who's a multi-billionaire, owns the Bulls as well, uh, is is requesting a billion dollars from the state of Illinois in taxpayer money for a new stadium. They want to relocate from where they're currently at and have a state-of-the-art stadium. And I, I just think it's it's pretty, <laughs> it's, it's gutsy. I'll say that it's gutsy to to be a billionaire saying I need a billion from the state. Otherwise. This team could leave. That's his. That's his other thing. And his other, his other uh, uh, avenue he went down is, I may not be alive for much longer, so you don't know what's going to happen to the team. I believe he's 87, 88 years old, somewhere around there. Yeah. And just sort of like, I mean, you know, once I'm gone, this somebody could buy this team and goes to another city. Like that's his bargaining. It's threatening, threatening people with your own death. Your your own your own mortality is a, is a yeah. negotiating tool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it never goes over well when you have billionaires asking for, you know, well, taxpayers. You, yeah. Usually you hear a partnership like, hey, well, they right. want three hundred million in public funds and they're going to pay this. Right. Who wants a billion from the state of Illinois? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough ask. It is. A, it's a, it's gutsy. Now, how it will show up on you know the average paycheck is probably minuscule but still you still. know it's uh it's just the notion of that yeah it's it's not gonna happen i'll, I'll go ahead and say that now. was that video by the way yes it was okay because I, I did not see this one and um 
did he do the Doctor Evil? Billion? <laughs> uh, he did not do that. I don't. It think. Looked, sounded like he was trying to do that, I, and I don't it didn't think go he off. did. Yeah, he didn't was... put his pinky <laughs> to his mouth. <laughs> that does seem like a cheesy news move, though, doesn't it? It's, yeah. All right. Sweeping the dial is powered by Seattle University men's basketball. Coming up, a couple of things John Schneider said gave us an indication for how the rest of the offseason may play out. We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on Seven Ten.